We have no safety net. We have no government funding at all. And everything that we deliver comes from the fees from our students and reinvesting that into the experience and making sure that they can have the best possible experience. And we've been able to do that in certain ways that differentiate us from a public university. So we're not better, we're just different. And we've got a very different mission. Hello and welcome to KPMG's Talking Tertiary podcast, where we reimagine tertiary education for a changing world. I'm Stephen Parker, KPMG's education sector leader in Australia. In this episode, I talked with Linda Brown, CEO of Laureate Australia and President of Torrens University, along with some other roles. Linda has a long background in education and training including Deputy Vice-Chancellor and Director of TAFE at Swinburne University in Melbourne. I particularly wanted to talk with Linda because her career has spanned public and private tertiary education and higher and vocational education. Here's the interview. Linda, welcome to Talking Tertiary. Delighted to be here. Now, I'm interested uh, initially in what Laureate is about internationally. I looked at the website. It says 875,000 students, which seems like a serious proposition. So in brief, what is the Laureate International Universities Network? So Laureate's been around for 18 years. It was an absolute vision of our founder, Doug Becker, who realised that it was time to have a serious group of international universities to drive global education. So 18 years ago, he bought his first university, which was a Spanish university, Uh very clever, because there was rising middle-class growth in South America. Uh And from there, we have continued to acquire universities across the world to create a network that's under one owner. And they're all private, for-profit institutions? They're all private, for-profit institutions, although Laureate's on the NASDAQ now, so we're a publicly listed company. But we're also the second biggest public benefit corporation in the world, so our shareholders know that service is as important as profit. Okay, thank you. Well, that's the context. Then here in Australia and maybe New Zealand as well, what are the specific entities? In Australia, we have Torrens University, Mm -hmm. which we're incredibly proud of, the first new university in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So who gets to build a new university from scratch? That's been amazing. We've got Think Education, which was a group of eight colleges, but we've consolidated that. And we've got Media Design School, which is a beautiful digital college in New Zealand that we're building a presence in New Zealand from. And then in terms of how Laureate sees itself... Presumably being for-profit, albeit for public purposes, means that it is different from a public provider of education and training, and you've been on the public side as well. What would you say are the sort of main differences in culture, ways of working, and so on? I think for me, it's trying to balance that beautiful business. So Mm -hmm. it's balancing the academic side, the social purpose side of being an educational provider and being a university alongside the expectations of our shareholders and stakeholders that we will be commercial, that we will make sure that we have analysed markets and that we will have a growth story. So it's balancing both of these sides of the equation. And then looking back at your time in the public sector, 
Do you have views on how they may have to change or might wisely change in order to adapt to the future? Yeah, I think I was very blessed. I was at Swinburne with Ian Young, so Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from Ian and we were a very good partnership. And I think that was the time when Swinburne started to think a bit more commercially. That Uh was when Swinburne Online was created in partnership with Seek which was one of the first kind of commercial public-private partnerships. So that kind of showed that universities were always pushing the boundaries and starting to change and think to be more commercial. But I think looking back at public sector and looking back at public universities, I think the biggest challenge is really trying to get ahead of the market and trying to understand the market a little bit more with the constraints that you have sometimes Mm -hmm. around you with lots of land, lots of expectation, geographical constraints. Mm -hmm. So it's It's really trying to make the whole sector a little bit more market-driven and commercial. And presumably student experience, student satisfaction, putting on the right courses that suit your student market, that's essential to the survival and thriving of your business? It's critical. I mean, we have no safety net. We have no government funding at all. And everything that we deliver comes from the fees from our students and reinvesting that into the experience and making sure that they can have the best possible experience. And we've been able to do that in certain ways that differentiate us from a public university. So we're not better, we're just different. And we've got a very different mission. Would you like to spell out what some of those differences are in curriculum or delivery or other aspects of the student experience? Yeah, I think um, for us, we've certainly built ourselves as industries university. Uh So we do not develop any curriculum without having a minimum of 12 employers sitting around the table, really talking about the future of work. Because the only KPI that I've got as the CEO of Australia and New Zealand is to ensure that more than 90% of my students are employed in their field of study with a higher graduate salary than others. So based on that, we have four promises that we deliver to our students. And these aren't a choice. One of the frustrating things for me when I was in not just um, Swinburne, but also in Queensland government is a lot of our education is based on choice. So the students who are smart will tend to find their way to work integrated learning or they'll tend to find their way to internships. When we created this new university, we wanted to make sure that everybody went to work. So therefore, it wasn't a choice. Work integrated learning was built into the curriculum. That it was credit loaded, it was paid, and it allowed people to earn and learn at the same time. That's one of our key differentiators. Well, that's a perfect segue into where I was going next, which is about the future, really. So much speculation about the future of work due significantly to automation, predictions of the number of jobs and tasks that will disappear. There is, I think, a narrative around that providers of education aren't necessarily equipping people appropriately for the world that awaits them. What are your views on this? What's your prediction as to what providers of tertiary education are going to have to do in order to equip people properly? I think there's a balance, isn't there? There's a balance between accreditation, which is always going to be important, Mm -hmm. I believe. So degrees, masters, PhDs are always going to be important because they're the gold standard, if you like, for people going into jobs and to be able to show what what they're capable of. But I think the other side that's developing really, really quickly is the more flexible fit-for-purpose curriculum that sometimes doesn't need to be accredited by a higher institution. It can be accredited through a partnership with industry. And I think, therefore, that partnership between industry and education needs to become much tighter. One's not the master or the server. We've got to actually make that partnership much more integral, as I shared in the way that we develop curriculum together. 
So thinking about these alternatives to the bachelor's, the master's and the PhD, the doctors and so on, we tend to think of these as micro-credentials because they're almost certainly going to be shorter than the credentials that are in the Australian Qualifications Framework. So is Torrens or is Laureate gearing up for that world of micro-credential? Oh, of course. I mean, we were one of the first people to buy 20% of Coursera. Uh, okay. So we're still in that mix right. around MOOCs, around online learning. Mm-hmm. We have one of the biggest online learning machines, I think, in education with Walden in the States, who's one of our amazing universities. Even at Torrens now with our 15,000 students in four years, 22% of those are online, but only 22%. And I think that's important because for me, my retention rate for online is the same as face-to-face because of the support we put around that online learning. So everybody's talking about micro-credentials. I think we've got to be careful again that we don't try to create a monster by trying to build them up into full qualifications and make sure like Lego bricks they can stack up. We can sometimes lose the flexibility and the individual nature of these micro-credentials. So an example of how Laureate's working globally We have partnerships with Amazon Web Services, Mm -hmm. IBM. We bought their little red book and we have all their data analytics course, which is a short micro-credential that we know if we give that to our own students, far and less working adults, they will get a much higher wage when they go out into employment. So the area that we are really working with around micro-credentials is in creative technology. The segues keep coming, really, because my final point was going to be around technology. Now, obviously, technology is going to be driving changes in the world of work and in the economy, but it also has application within education providers, smart bots, artificial intelligence, and I'm even wondering what the future of the teacher is in the way that we've thought about teachers, if so much content can be available through digital means. What about technology within your institutions? I mean, it's absolutely critical. And I think it actually makes the position of the teacher or the lecturer even more critical because anybody can get content. Content no longer is a differentiator in education. Service, support, coaching, applied knowledge, they're all the things that our teachers need to bring to the party. So we actually wrap around our students a Gallup Strength Finder model, which is a Clifton Strength Finder model that 24 million people across the world use, which is about your strengths. So if you assess your strengths and you know what your top five strengths are, you can help that student translate from learning into the workplace. That becomes a much more higher level order role for a lecturer or for a coach. So they become even more crucial as long as you take time to support them, to teach them the digital skills and give them space and time to play in this new area. Well, Linda, that's been fascinating. It's been nice to see you again. We've known each other over the years. It's been great to hear about your insights into private education and the contrast with public education and how you see the future of our tertiary education system. So thank you for joining me on Talking Tertiary. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, that was my conversation with Linda Brown, the Chief Executive Officer of Laureate Australia and President of Torrens University. We talked about a range of topics, including the contrast between public and private institutions and how the world of tertiary education may play out in the future. You can listen to other episodes in this season on our website, kpmg.com slash au slash talking tertiary or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening and I'll speak with you next time on 
Talking Tertiary. 